I've been studying the BRICS, Chris, and I believe that they are the out external agent for causing severe disruptions in the U.S. economy and in the precious metal market and the dollar. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics and excited to have one of our more popular guests back on the show. This is the Dr. Jim Willie of the Golden Jackass. And obviously with a lot going on, uh, geez, it was probably only about a month, month and a half ago when we last caught up with you, Jim. But things are happening quickly. We have countries... Uh, just piling on to get into the party of de-dollarization. We have bank runs uh, and a lot of concern over what the Fed is going to do next. And uh, a lot of activity in gold and silver as well over the past month. So quite a bit happening and it's great to have you back on here. Good to see your smiling face again tonight, Jim. And how are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm doing pretty strange, Chris. Uh, um, I, I don't think I've ever been this jazzed, excited, and frightened at the same time. It's like a positive excitement and a little accumulation of uh, high anxiety. Like, uh, will my website vanish? Will the income go away? Uh, will the other side of whatever this transition turned out to be, will the other side not include me? I, I tell you, there's a lot of anxiety going around and I've got as much as most people. And I, I, I've actually, I don't want to turn this into a religious experience, but my, my faith in the Lord has gotten me through a lot, a lot. And um, I've gotten quite a bit of aid <clears throat> from Christian folks. And it keeps me going. Um, these are scary times. What I one of the what I like to point to, Chris, is is the significant markers out there. You know, from from 1984 to 1993, I had my most interesting and stimulating years of my career. It was marketing research for a big computer company. <clears throat> And I tell you, it was a learning experience. What's important? Okay, we, we, we put up on the whiteboard, you know, chalkboard when you're a kid, but a whiteboard when you're older. We put up 20, 20 different things. Well, what's important? I've got a pretty good trained eye for what's important. What I see now at the highest level is that the World Economic Forum, aka Davos, the globalists, the Rothschild bankers, the Rockefellers, that whole group, they're right out in the open now. They're not hiding. They're not even bashful. They're talking about their plans. Can we speak freely or do I have to watch what I say? Um, Somewhat freely. I mean, there's a few YouTube topics to avoid, but you go okay, ahead. Um, let's just say that um, some of their nefarious plans are becoming wider known, uh, some of the injuries and other events where people end up residing in a cemetery, um, 
that is becoming much more publicized. Uh, the train derailments are in our face. They could be tied with smart cities. Smart cities need people to live in there. And, and the smart cities require people not to have a home. So what better way than to ruin parts of the environment? Um, I did some napkin math. This is fun. There was one, let's start with an assumption. I don't think there'll be too much objection. Let's start with an assumption because all probability starts with a, you know, a baseline and, you know, you, you got like random shuffling of the cards in poker. You, you come up with assumptions that you must operate by. Let's just say that a serious train derailment was once in a decade. 120 months. Okay. Well, we had 50 train derailments in February and March. 50. Okay. Well, what's the chance of one of them? One in a hundred, one in twenty, one in one hundred and twenty. Okay, you got two months there. So <clears throat> I don't want to dicker around too much with my napkin math because one of the privileges of napkin math is that you can be rough. And if you're off by a factor of two, that's just fine. No big deal. Anyway, so if you got 50 events and each one of them is one in 120, let's just call it one in a hundred. Wow, that's 50 pairs of zeros. Is that not what a Google is? Is that not what Google claimed to be the number of atoms in the universe? 10 to the 100 power? Yep. So the train derailment is in the ballpark of one in a Google, one in 10 to 100 power. <clears throat> I like to point out that the severely weird, eerie, bizarre, occult-type events that have plagued me, they're like three sigma events, and there are about seven of them. You do the calculation on that, you get one in 100 trillion. And that's the kind of rare stuff that's going on right now in my life and in the U.S. environmental landscape. Okay, Rockport, Maine, northern Arizona, okay, they're not in the news much, but wow, East Palestine, Ohio sure was. And that uh, that brought a, a little a whiff of, uh, let's say, unfresh air near to where some of my family members live in Western Pennsylvania. Okay, <clears throat> the, big, the big point is that we've got no shame. The events are in our face. They're, they're, they're just selling the oil out of our strategic petroleum reserve, selling it to China, selling it, giving it to France. We're, we're, we're betraying our own people in full view. And we're not telling them about the bricks. I don't mean bricks like in a brick house. I mean, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. And um, I've been studying the bricks, Chris. And I believe that they are the out external agent for causing severe disruptions in the U.S. economy and in the precious metal market and the dollar. 
the dollar, the re the rejection of the dollar. Oh, you, okay, good, good. Wow, I thought I lost connection. Yep. Um, the one I don't quite understand being in there is that uh, African Marxist on the far right from South Africa. I don't know why they need a clown in the in the list. Um, their specialty in South Africa right now is killing their electrical grid because they can't manage a damn thing. Marxists don't know how to manage anything. So we're going to have to open up their gold mines and their platinum mines before too long and hope that they don't wreck that too. South Africa is run by clowns, Marxist clowns. Um, what I find also interesting in there is Modi from India. Um, Modi has pretty much given away, not in any kind of secretive manner, but <clears throat> he's let it be known that India is not going to be an Ill, a leader. It's going to be a follower. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Very few Americans know <clears throat> that their middle class is approaching 400 million people. We've got in the United States a shrinking middle class. India has a growing middle class. They're going to be big customers for Russian oil, Russian resources, metals, food. Americans don't understand that Russians are big exporters of corn, wheat, and soy. Well, we're going to have less and less of that because we're destroying our countryside and we're letting, <clears throat> uh, I was going to say Bill, not what's his name, Bill Gates. We're letting Bill Gates buy up farmland so he could turn it off. Okay, so we're going to be, you know, producing less food. Uh, Russia is going to be producing more. They, they developed their entire steppes region. They've got agro cities, agro regions. It's going to be exciting, but there's an element of the BRICS uh, for its membership that I find extremely exciting and intriguing. And that's the role of Iran. And, and they may <clears throat> soon request they be called Persia. I, I got a Persian client, and he's a funny guy. He's very smart, a lot of information. And he, he, he tries to stick it to me. But I say, hey, look, uh, we're rhyming, big guy. You don't need to stick it to me. I'm barking out the same way you are. And he, he calls, you know, the, the Western... Uh, the Western nations and their governments and militaries guilty of, of uh, you know, destroying nations and economy. You know, our nation building. We call it nation building. That's how we destroy. Um, <clears throat> and I, I tried to pin him down, Chris. I, I, I got him into the topic of the Shah. Uh, I got him into the topic of uh, Mossadegh and, and the billionaires who escaped with money to Los Angeles. There are more Iranian billionaires in Southern California <laughs> than, than anywhere in the globe. They're all over Los Angeles. <clears throat> they brought their money, brought their wealth. But I pinned this guy down, the Persian guy. I, I said, you know, it's interesting. The Rothschilds hate, hate Iran uh, because they couldn't get access to all the gold. You got an enormous gold reserve. How much is it? sir and he said oh i don't know it's a lot though and i said well you got to do better than that what, what's a lot uh it's certainly more than ten thousand tons 
you got multiples of what we had in Fort Knox. Anyway, I got them pinned down. The best I could do was it's over 20,000. It's under 50,000 tons. He said, they've got a lot of gold. I said, okay, I'll just call it 40. He said, that's fair. They probably got 35 or 40. Could be. <clears throat> All right. Iran has a role, Chris, and th this is exciting for the BRICS. They have been selected by Russia and China. And India is not involved. They're not running anything. They're a customer. Russia and China is running this. And they said, we want peace in the Gulf region, in the Persian Gulf. We need peace. So slowly, they booted out Israel and the United States. They declared peace in Yemen. There's been peace in Yemen for 18 months. I mean, most Americans don't even know what Yemen is. It's, it's not a type of chewing gum. Okay, it's a country. I, I know the ignorance that I find of Americans is astonishing. No, the capital of France is not Italy. You, you have to try again. Um, those exposure shows where they go out and ask people basic questions in Venice Beach and California, Los Angeles area, they're alarming. They're absolutely alarming. Iran has been selected as the ambassador to the BRICS. Their first assignment was to create peace and, and a constructive environment in the Persian Gulf with Saudi and UAE. As Saudi and the Emirates go, so goes Qatar, Oman, Bahrain, all those monarchies, Kuwait, they will all follow the lead of Saudi and the Emirates. And the United Arab Emirates did one better. They said, we're going to peg our dirham, D-I-R-H-A-M, symbol is A-E-D. We're going to peg that to the dollar. So Russia turns around and, and says, okay, hey, India, we, we got oil priced in dollars. We want to be paid in, in AED from United Arab Emirates. We're, we're soon going to see the dollar become a term and not a currency. Markets are going to be dollar-based, but they're not going to be paid in dollars. They're going to be paid in something that's connected to dollars. But back to Iran, Persia. They, they got a handshake with the Saudis, and it was not a big deal, not a big problem. All they had to do is get Izzy and the Americans out of the room. And then came the Emirates. So the Emirates are going to be the dumping ground, is what I hear, for treasury bonds. Now, Iran wasn't done. They went to, to uh, Argentina. And they went to the Pacific Rim. I remember telling somebody last August, well, you know, let me know when they sign up the Pacific Rim for the BRICS. Well, the next week they did, led by Indonesia. Malaysia just announced they got no use for the dollar anymore. France just did an LNG deal for UAE gas, and they're paying in yuan from China. Go figure. <clears throat> Japan just had a big deal <clears throat> with uh, Russian oil, paying more than the Rockefeller limit. Okay, We are seeing defiance everywhere, and Iran is a big player. They're going to be exporting cars to the entire Arab and Muslim world within the BRICS framework. This is going to be exciting, Chris. Um, 
Iran is a key player. Uh, in May, they're expected to have official membership. And they're creating a CBDC. I don't want to get in too early to the CBDC because uh, that's going to be Russia, China, and Iran, uh, CBDCs. <clears throat> what, what's really got me very excited is something that is called the SCO Exchange. Um, remember when BRICS began, they created the Shanghai Cooperative Organization, SCO. Right. It was originally for military security and for cultural exchange. And then a few years later, they started signing contracts under the umbrella of the security protection. Okay, a contract is not worth much if you're in a Mad Max environment. You put a contract under a tent, under a warehouse, under a framework, and SCO offered that. So there are a number of contracts. I heard that the Argentinians have, Argentina has some SCO contracts some SCO deals with China. And, and what I learned from my guy, my guy's name is Big W. He's a very smart guy. He's a very brave guy. He's uh, somewhat connected with a lot of different things. Big W. He's uh, south of Chicago. He's a great guy. And I'm in touch with him just about every week. Well, <clears throat> he's been instructing me on certain things. And here's the date, May 23. Let me describe what the SCO exchange is. They're going to trade sovereign bonds there, principally U.S. treasuries. The SCO exchange is going to be a, for sale of euro bonds, U.K. gilts, Japanese government bonds. Euro bonds and U.S. government bonds, I think, are going to be the main fare. They're going to be buying gold in the SCO exchange and silver. So it's going to be a place where they dump their treasury bonds and buy gold. And I've been studying that sequence. I don't want to get into that too deeply right away. Uh, but here's the point. Every major BRICS nation is going to have a SCO exchange. It's going to undermine the COMEX. They're going to declare their price for gold and silver. It's going to undermine not just COMEX, but the LBMA, the London gold market. Now, we know about the price suppression and the naked shorts and the, you know, the bullshit for delivery. I'm sorry, I, did I get that name wrong? Bullshit for delivery. Um, how do you cover a naked short? Bullshit for delivery. I, somehow I think that's not quite the right name, but I'm on the right theme. Um, <clears throat> we're going to see a dozen gold prices, Chris. It's going to be Dubai, Shanghai, Moscow, Singapore, Sydney, uh, St. Petersburg, London, Geneva, New York, maybe even in Thailand, like Bangkok. They might have a gold bricks. Thailand's going to join. What What is critically important now is the two major vassal states 
of Japan and Germany are about to turn to bricks. And the way I describe it is Japan from the front door, because they're selling treasury bonds and buying gold, that's front door. And the Germans from the back door because of the, the treachery and sabotage like Nord Stream 2, compliments of the US Navy. Um, the Germans are cutting deals with Russia, but in secrecy. And they're asking for a new security architecture for Europe. Can you say NATO's dead? <clears throat> the biggest casualty of Ukraine is NATO. It's not the Ukraine nation, it's NATO. Um, <clears throat> Chris, we're going to have 12 different gold price fixes. And I think well, eventually we're going to see an averaging of them. It'd be like the global gold average price. I don't know what they're going to call it. The global gold fix, an average of 12. And then it might be 15. Oh, I left out Johannesburg. <clears throat> oh, I left out New Delhi. Or maybe it'd be Mumbai. I don't know. Uh, some Indian city that's principal for gold sales. You, you see the point? It's like with the digital currencies and cryptos, decentralized gold pricing. That's going to be the big, big theme in the next few months. Decentralized silver pricing. And when you get the silver pricing, you're going to have to get the South Americans in there. You're going to have to get Chile or Ecuador or Bolivia. And they're going to have to get a, get a, get a, a voice. And notice that they shut down their supply using the uh, nonsensical reason of COVID. Yeah, keep our workers safe from COVID. We don't want them to catch that fascist virus. <clears throat> Chris, this SCO is going to be big. There are going to be numerous SCO exchanges. It's going to be big. I, I tell you, sometimes it's the reason I get up out of bed. Is there any new bricks or SCO information. I'm exaggerating, but I know I, I get out of bed to take, go to the bathroom. Uh, th that's my main motive to get out of bed in the morning. I, I like to go to the porch, look at the sun, say hello to the world, and look at those birds. Costa Rica's got a lot of birds. And sometimes I tell you, we see some beautiful green birds and some goldfinches but they're they're on the wire I, I say hey guys how you doing and then I, I go to the office and check my email after loading up my tube for uh, my my carton what do you call it my carton for yogurt <clears throat> yogurt and banana that's often my breakfast of champions here <clears throat> Chris I, I know you're a you you follow the silver market from different angles uh, compared to what I do. Uh, I have been spending the last five years studying that which will disrupt the COMEX. And I got older guys in their mid 70s and older 70s, like, like Chuck in Arizona, you know who you are, Uncle Charlie. And I, I say to him, we have to wait for everything to break. We have to wait for the dollar to break, being rejected, the treasury bonds to break. We have to wait for the US government debt to go out of sight, break. We have to wait for the dollar swaps to get out of sight and volume. We have to wait for the derivatives to break. 
And I don't think there's too much disagreement in my claim that they're all breaking right now. And therefore, we have a big, big opportunity for gold and silver. Um, how did you like my Fibonacci formula for the silver Fibonacci sequence of 10, 20, 30, 50, 80, 130? Um, I got it down to a formula. So I can tell you after we had 26 steps, we'll be up like, you know, a couple thousand. I, I'm being silly, but I think we're going to see a hundred dollar silver without too much trouble. We got it. The next big stop is breaking above 30, having that short cover rally move quickly to 50, 10, 20, 30, 50. That's the Fibonacci start. That's the launching pad. It doesn't stop there. Um, I'm excited. I'm not so excited that I got the, go ahead. So just that you've mentioned, as we've talked in the last couple of months, you see that coming sooner than later. Oh, I tell you, uh, this summer, we're going to see the assault on 30. Um, I, I don't know how it can be avoided. Um, remember what happened in August of 2020? It was the, uh, the Reddit, the Reddit group, the network, and they went after GameStop. And then Eric Sprott said, let's do this for silver. But they threatened to kill him, so he backed off. I'm not accusing him of anything. I imagine they threatened to kill his little girl. That's what they do. Um, in, in Brazil, they kidnapped Bolsonaro's entire family. So he conceded to Lula. I'd like to see Brazil managed better by Russia and China um, to clean that out because it's basically a narco nation. It's one of the biggest narco nations in the world. It's probably as big, if not bigger, a narco nation than Colombia. <clears throat> anyway, I'm excited by what I see. I, I, I tell you, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but back in, in August of 2020, we made a run on 30. And my guy, I've told this story many times, Maxwell from Luxembourg, he's not responding to me. And I'm a little concerned that he might be in hiding for threats because um, there's been some murders close to him. Uh, people who expose criminality in very high places like in Central Europe, they're not allowed to walk around freely and, and make money doing what they love to do. They get intimidated. They get approached. <clears throat> he told me that a buddy of his who once worked with him in Switzerland was working for J.P. Morgan. Remember the timing, August of 2020. And over drinks... I said to Maxwell, how many drinks did you shove at him? And he said, oh, I got him, take two or three. He's more talkative after a couple of drinks. But he was boasting, Chris, that Basel handed him a credit line of metal of 200 million silver ounces. That is why we did not get above 30 silver. He told me, Jim, we're, never, we're not going to get past that silver. We will never do it. This year, that was 2020. Well, now Basel, <clears throat> their gold and silver, 
We don't know where it is. It's all gone. I think it's deep underground under Geneva. That's where I think it is. And it's not available to the market. Why? Because I think they know 30 won't hold. And if 30 won't hold this year, three years later, we're going to 50, 10, 20, 30, 50, then 80. We're going to 50, Chris. Get ready and, you know, get your jock strap on. We're going to 50. This is going to be fun. Gird your loins. I finally learned how to say that in Spanish. Gird your loins. <clears throat> you know, it's not easy. <clears throat> I, I don't mix a lot with the natives because many of them are basically fraud kings. Um, I got my I got my friends, I got my sweethearts, and they've got their, you know, their brothers and cousins, and I'm friendly with a lot of them. They used to invite me to parties, but now they think I'm getting older. I don't have interest. Yeah, they're probably right. But <clears throat> this is going to be a replay of the Reddit attack on the shorts, the naked shorts. Look what they did to GameStop. They, they took it to like 20 times their sales. What are they going to do to silver? That we're going to see Reddit come back. And I've heard, you could probably confirm this, correct me if I'm wrong, because this is your bailiwick. Wall Street banks are now long gold and silver. I think they're going to get a force majeure on their naked shorts, and they're going to run for the profits on their longs. Does that make sense? Get a force majeure free pass on their naked shorts? Well, that certainly makes sense. That's what a lot of people have wondered if that's how this eventually plays out and you know, there have been folks on the banking side that have at various times said that there's not going to be a failure of the COMEX because the way the contracts are worded, you can do a force majeure and cash settle. So, oh, that, that's, but, that, you know, but that ignores 200 nations on the outside. Remember, I said 12 different gold price fixes. I cited the cities. You think they give a rat shit? What the comic says, <clears throat> they're going to push them into obsolescence. I don't care what a comic contract says. Who gives a shit? They don't. They don't have any metal. <clears throat> what? Since when does a a warehouse that doesn't have metal set the price? Now the price is going to be set by this new Sco X, Chris, and it's going to be fun. We're going to have lawsuits against the Comex. They're going to come out of the woodwork because they'll be smelling the death of Comex. We're going to have negotiations with SCO, SCOX. The Comex is going to say, we want to be part of this. We don't want to be excluded after they're excluded. And the SCO might say, shove it up your ass. You haven't resolved your naked shorts in an honest and legitimate fashion. You've done a force majeure, and now you've got a lot of gold and silver owners who benefited from the naked shorts that they got a pass on. Comex is going to be defrocked. They're going to get their nuts cut off. So that's why I call it going to be fun. 
We've been looking for justice for a long time. Don't get caught up in the fine print of comics. Step back and see see their irrelevance and obsolescence. That's what I, I tell you, those nine years I had in marketing research at Digital Equipment Corp Deck, they were valuable. I step back and I see a comics that doesn't matter. Remember, how do they close out their naked shorts? Bullshit for delivery. Well, wow, that's impressive. <clears throat> Oof, I tell you, it's going to be fun, Chris. I've said it many times. It's part of the reason I get up in the morning. What news is there from Bricks? And, and you know, every time I talk to Big W, he fills me with his enthusiasm. He's got a day job and, and he's, he's busy and he spends a lot of time on the weekends and the evenings and chatting with me. And sometimes I catch him at work. He's, he's a funny guy. He's a sports fan. Um, he's a Chicago Cubs fan. I make fun of him, but you know, it's okay. Um, I, I keep emphasizing this is going to be a lot of fun. You know, we should, you can go through the number of events that are alarming. They're absolutely alarming for what is being played out right now. Um, I got I got starred items here. The Swiss bankers in the United States bankers had some meetings and came up with some plans for action. They're going to take some revenge on the Saudis and the Emirates, UAE. They're going to steal all their gold in Switzerland and New York. They're going to steal it all. We're going to see the Arab nations pull all their money out of Europe. Can you imagine what bank problems are going to happen? Oh, my gosh. I don't know if you knew the sequence, but Credit Suisse seized Russian bank accounts and assets in early 22. And they bickered with Russia all that time. Then later, the Swiss banks backed up the Ukrainian position for the war, NATO and Ukraine. So Russia made a phone call to China China made a phone call to the Saudis who had already cut a deal <clears throat> to make all oil and gas payments in Yuan. In other words, Saudis are on a short leash and they told the Saudis, drop your bid for the Credit Suisse bond. They offered a bond and nobody came. Three days later, they declared bankruptcy. <clears throat> Credit Suisse is gonna be loaded with fireworks. The Swiss parliament denied $120 billion in uh, credit line to manage the UBS merger with Credit Suisse. We're not done with Credit Suisse. Pretty soon, they're going to sell their dollars with the FANG stocks, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, and Google, and they're going to cover their gold shorts. The Swiss were responsible for the move from 2013 to 18 from 1900 gold to 1300 gold. Now they're gonna unwind that. It all started with their Euro Swiss peg and it extended to the, the, the Wall Street favorite, buy stock, sell gold. 
It's all going to go in reverse now. You think the bricks aren't going to push that along? You think the bricks aren't going to see that coming? You think the bricks with Russian advice don't know the vulnerability of Swiss? Oh, yeah, they know what's going on. The Russians are all over Switzerland. They're all over London. And by the way, where the hell are the London bankers the last two years? They've been nowhere in the news. So were they captured in London? I think yes. Well, that is part one of this interview with Jim Willie. Jim certainly had plenty to say. So broken into two parts to make it a little bit easier to watch. But we will look forward to seeing you right back here tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. Part two of Jim, where he talks more about how all these developments play out, what he sees coming next. And we will see you again for that tomorrow afternoon.